0: has read several times that the most honest people are are people who actually cuss people who are willing to speak their mind and not just hold back because they're different in a different group of crowd and in my opinion I shouldn't have to change the way I speak just because I'm around somebody else granted if you're in a business meeting or church or you know something that's at a different level of maybe your religion or your personal beliefs Hands down to you if you want to speak in a different way. But, like, I told my aunt, I'm not going to change the way I speak for anyone. And she kind of got offended, I guess you could say.
1: And then I'll collect from Etsy. So, you have it on Etsy?
0: Yeah.
2: Because it's only $0.20 cents per listing, and they take 3.5%. Like, it's super cheap as far as a, a storefront, you know? Yeah. So, you have your own clothing line, basically, now? Or I show them
1: the shirt, Brian. I just... Oh, it's actually this one. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> he happened to bring it today. I happened
2: <laughs> to bring it because th- we were going to work out first, and then I was going to change it to this. But it's just, like... Uh, this is the only actual, like, design that I have made and printed. Okay. Um, But the idea is to, to make more with like an, an introvert theme kind of like not necessarily antisocial like there's a there's a bunch of of uh misconceptions about introverts but typically it's just that y- you kind of you'd rather be alone and you're you're more work you're most comfortable like what in th- your own thoughts and and you know
0: I guess you could say I'm I'm like that too cuz there's times <coughs> that mm, friends want to go out or my girlfriend wants to go out and i'm just like no i'm not feeling it i need and it's weird because i never used to be like that it was more like you want to go out let's go out Mm -hmm. and now it's more like i don't want to go out i want to avoid the situation of interacting with um i wouldn't say new people but maybe the people in that environment yeah that i guess you could say
2: i think a lot of people are a little bit of both like introvert and extrovert it's just you kind of lean one way or the other.
1: A little more. Oh, damn it. I couldn't record it if I wanted to on the damn. I don't. I don't. Ha- I. Have, I don't have memory. <laughs> oh, oh well, I missed last week, but this week was. It's okay. That's that's where I think Brian, like you know, talking about. Li- oh, we'll talk about the dip a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, knowing when to stick, when to quit, and like the whole Seth Godin thing of like you know, if you're not gonna be the best at it, then don't kind of don't do it. Mm-hmm. So I know I find myself like dealing with that, a lot more now. Like, okay, do I really want? Do I really need Twitter? Like, how, like what am I doing on Twitter that's like valuable? Nothing. Yeah. What am I doing on Facebook that's valuable? Uh keeping connection with some family. That's probably the only. That's probably the only thing. Because whenever I like, okay, for this li- this being the little introduction, we have a guest today. My cousin, Frank. His real name's John, but I call him Frank. <laughs> and funny funny little side note: as I I remember the day. We were at some like event. Me and you, Frank.
0: It was a baseball game. It, it was, was before.
1: No, it w- actually. Well, for me, for me, it wasn't. It was either before or after this, but it wasn't like an event. You're getting some little award, and they, of course, say John Frank Acosta, right? And I was like, his name's not John. <laughs> like we we're like six, dude. We we're like five <laughs> years old, six <laughs> years old. And I was like, N- his name's not like there's no way. Like, and I remember like my mom kind of laughing, and I think I think Frank's mom was there, and I was like. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. And uh, so since then, I, I've, I've never forgotten that little moment of like John Frank. I'm like, nah, <laughs> it can't be. I was like, I don't think so. But anyways, uh, Frank needed some help with his resume and he's he's applying for a new job. So he came over to the house and we're here. And then we were talking and I was like, man, for me, listening to Frank, I was like, man, if, I feel like you need to get or you need to have more conversation of like we'll say value more value valuable conversations that you can take something away and i'm like do you want to be in the podcast and then it's like sure and now we're here and we're recording i told brian i'm like oh, okay brian pranks here you can come over whenever you want we're ready to go and brian
0: wasn't aware of this me coming on the podcast until yeah. you walked so in just right now, just right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good though
1: i've done it oh were you here? You were here when I had Luis on. Yeah. That was a few back. That was a few episodes. That was like episode 15 or something, but that was also last minute. Cause me and Luis were having a conversation on that one. And I'm like, dude, do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, ah. and of course he's like, he's 15. He'll be 16 on Saturday. Making me sad. Uh, But anyways, he's like, he's like, sure, sure. Why not? Or whatever. And, it, and for him, it's funny. Cause fr- when Frank first, we started micing up everything and he's like, should I feel nervous? I was like, eh, only as nervous. And my point that I never got to say uh, to Brian and Frank was that, like, it's it's a new thing. It's the anxiety of being something new, which is perfect because the t- the top, the sorry, the title for today's podcast is "Wandering, Not Wandering." You know, in, even that in itself is a movement that. Uh, My book for the week is Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, which I've read half of it earlier this year, and I never got to finish it. So my goal is to finish it. But in there, and then, and then, encompassing everything else that we have talked about the past few episodes, is like you know trying to focus, trying to zero in on like what, okay, what can we do? What do we do well already that we can make better? And you know, try to zero in that. So so again, wondering, not wandering. You know, trying to get away from the wandering mind. Tim Ferriss would call it the monkey mind. Uh, Seth Godin calls it the liz- lizard brain. You know, there's yeah. multiple facets of the same thing. You know, the wandering. You know, being being too much of a generalization. What's that, Brian? The wandering generality versus a meaningful specific. Yeah. Uh, which I got from Seth Godin. And I told Brian to listen to this. And I, I when I release, I'll, I'll probably put the it's on Tim Fa- it's on a Tim Ferriss podcast where Tim Ferriss interviews Seth Godin and he talks about you know the difference of those two things. Uh, but anyways. Last week we talked about, or one of the questions that I mentioned was what makes us nervous, and then what are we obsessed about? So unplanning that, or not planning for this week necessarily, until this morning, uh, and even I feel like I let Brian down a little bit. He's like, "Hey, you ready?" To, like, he's like, "Hey, what time do you want to get together?" And it's like eight thirty. I was like, "Like at five <laughs> just because you had said early. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, we usually get around. Well, at least for working out, yeah. 6, 630. Right. So I didn't know what early, in what and context.
1: And really, it was perfect because it was like, well, this is a perfect, and the reason why I'm okay with it because it's a perfect example of, like, communication. Mm-hmm. Like, how important it is. Like, yeah. we're, we're, you're thinking early as in, like, okay, earlier in the day. I'm thinking earlier, just earlier than normal. You know, yeah. like, they're two different things that we need to, we eventually got to, like, okay, we'll just wait. Until yeah. and then Finally, when I got done with my first workout today, I told Brian, I'm like, okay, anytime after 12, like pretty pretty much game. Then Frank said, hey, man, you know, can I uh, do this today? I'm like, yeah. And then funny thing is, cause we, we had to like maybe 5.30. So then I said, so Frank's like, hey, what about four? I'm like, why well, I'm going to be busy like at 5, 5.30. So I'm like, what about three? And so <laughs> by this time, I'd already told you, Brian, again. After 12. Yeah, after 12. <laughs> so it was a big clusterfuck of times that, that ended up being now. And cool thing is now we're here so it's it's all good, and it's, I love it because it's timing thing, like it has to be like this, and I'm cool with it. Uh, Frank, if you want to give some quick background so people can get to hear your voice and get to uh, just just a quick of like born and raised where you know how did you s- and then first question will be like how did uh how was your childhood experience like childhood being elementary through high school up to graduating? What was that experience like?
0: Okay um, I was born and raised in Edinburgh, Texas at the age of I believe eight maybe nine i moved from the city to the outskirts close to san manuel i've lived out there since i was nine till current time Uh, my childhood experience i would say is like a normal i would say average maybe normal kids Um, i had both parents dad was in and out you could say Um, because he was out on the road most of the time Uh, my grandma and grandpa's played a big role uncles and aunts in my my raising other than that I um, grew up on country music and just sports and being outdoors not like a lot of kids that I see today I walk into restaurants or in any public place in general and you see them on their iPhones or their iPads or their tablets with their headphones in and it's way different from when I grew up we would go out to a restaurant and there was communication you know how about how your day went and i see kids now and they're just there ignoring the parents like the parents ignoring them i see it very wrong if you'd say Uh, i feel like they're being left out and what's going on in their kid's life because it could be something very dramatic or it could be nothing at all but you never know and if there's no communication between the parent and the kid a lot of things can happen where it could make the kid better or it could mess the kid up for life.
1: Legit. So how was your high, so- high school experience? Like, changes in going through that period of, like... Because I, fu- I feel like middle school is, like, you're transitioning and then you, you start leaning into adulthood and then high school is just... The And in retrospect, for me, it's it's a clusterfuck of information and like you don't know where you fit or where you want to fit or you think you fit here. But, you know, you know, how was that? How was the high school experience?
0: High school was very I would say I grew up a lot throughout high school. I started off my freshman, sophomore year wanting to play football, basketball, baseball. Um, Sophomore year, I had a slight tear in my meniscus, so I wasn't able to, to play sports throughout that year. And then my junior and senior year, I actually found out that I enjoyed being outdoors more than what I actually thought. I ended up growing, um, my senior year, I ended up uh, raising a pig for FFA. And my junior year, I started welding and, you know, woodwork. And senior year, I just finished off, built a couple barbecue pits, helped on a trailer. um, In Spanish, I believe it's called an otobu. And basically, it's a rectangular box, and you put the meat on the inside, and the fire is on top, and you're not really smoking it. It's actually just being grilled. Have hmm. you like ever heard do anything l- like that,
2: Brian? I've seen it, yeah.
1: Oh, okay, cool.
0: And you also had heard. on top, you had a rack. So let's say you wanted to make cabrito, which is goat mm-hmm. in English. You would lower the rack, or you could raise it depending on how you wanted it so
1: legit so so I mean I, I know you but just for listeners to get to know you I mean we're now 34 episodes in so um, the spontaneity of this is real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode is real um, and I want to get to the topic to the main stuff today but uh um, regard I mean you you were always using your hands you're always like out doing something always always um, I well re- cuz e- okay I, I'll give a little just a quick little story I remember do you remember we were at at oh well because your house was neighbor to grandma's house. Yeah. So we, they, well, we used to have horses there, but we used to have that horse trough. Remember
0: that summer? Like we would. When it was super hot, so we decided we to just jump in go into, like into it was the a horse pool. trough? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I have a story like that somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if I have a story on my blog, my personal blog or not, but, uh, uh, but I, it, it's one that has kicked me because I remember, I think grandma was like, oh my God. And then I think your mom had gone home from work. I think. I don't remember, but like what do you, like we're in the horse trough like we're <laughs> just having fun like we were little we we're 7 8 years old
0: like just that's 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 what was that's that was what part of it
1: yeah that's part of that's part of some of those part of having
0: fun uh very cool it seems like when we were at grandma's in my house there was only a chain link fence that would split us up there was always some sort of mischievous going on there from jumping on the trampoline <laughs> okay. I, got <laughs> I got
1: one i got one this is going way off like what i thought for today but it's just memories cuz well for those of you listening is like me and Frank. I mean, we talk think think that's one of the things I'm thankful for technology is that we get to talk constantly. But to see each other in person, it's always different. I guarantee that for people that don't have enough conversation. Frank gave a little spiel right now about conversation and and at the especially at the dinner table or anything like that. But like being in person, it's such a different vibe and it's such it's just so different. Anyways, uh, do you remember <laughs> and you don't have to go we don't have to go further into the story, but when it used to be only a barbed wire
0: Uh, oh yeah i remember that before
1: it was actually a chaining fence. it it, a one a single strand of barbed wire and if you didn't miss it you're gonna hit the shit out of it and we were actually in second grade when that happened okay so second grade how old are we eight eight years old i mean just about you know seven eight years old so uh that's what used to separate his house from our grandma's house it was a single strand strand of barbed of barbed barbed wire and yeah uh, just quick, uh, Frank ate it once, and that that wasn't nice. And I I still remember that day, and it sucked. I still have it the scarring. Really <laughs> 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 I believe it. I was like, yeah. But anyways, let's let's keep let's keep going. So now, well, you. So
0: you worked wherever you worked, You worked. Um, I started off at Tractor Supply first. Um, I was there about two years. From there, I went to McCoy's, which <laughs> isn't a big difference except actually feed and. Um, livestock product, adding, li- yeah. adding livestock product, and then after McCoy's, I've been at Rena center going on four years now, uh, in October, actually, Legit. So it's,
1: and now we're venturing, because that's why you're at my house today, to work on your resume, to work on a job application, so going from wandering to wandering, you know, getting, getting closer to that something but and what me and frank were talking about before we aired before brian even got who was like dude like because of the internet like you can do things like because frank i can hear his passion about using his hands to make things it's like man like there's there's potential now like he can do it on his own with having being his own boss mm-hmm. now there's little things in between that we can figure out but like but like right now we're talking about uh brian with the etsy store and the shirts that he had that he's having made and you know, or he's at, he's had them made the design's done but now he just sold one. I think today you sold one today, Brian. Last night or last night, and then you yeah. know, trying to get that situated so we can ship it off today or tomorrow. Um, it's very possible, and that's the cool thing. That's one of the good things about technology is that you can do that now. So let's say you know, I wouldn't suggest shipping barbecue pits, but <laughs> <laughs> unless it was local. But uh, but in tying that is like uh, building relationships. I don't think I ever finished telling Frank about this. It was you know, being able to build a relationship so that you have people that actually trust you, because when people trust you, then they tell their friends. And then that's where you gain customers and so on and so forth. So to dive into the, be- okay, let's, before we dive into the questions and my topics for today, um, some, I'm here on live.me, and someone asked, what's your favorite song? Ooh. And, okay. I, and I, if they're still listening, I wish they'd give more specifics, because like, there's multiple genres, obviously, there's worldwide genres. But, and then two people just told me that I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that what? says you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite song? Uh, if, you guys, if you guys can... I probably had to give, like, a thousand. Same, dude. But, let's... Okay, if we had to stake in, the, stake in the road, give one. Choose one right now.
0: Right now, one that I'm listening to on the regular because it makes me feel uplifted is actually never give a fuck by rob bailey and the hustle standard so y'all need to check that out um basically what the song is saying he was working a normal nine to five doing life, but he didn't want a boss anymore he Mm. wanted to be his own boss he wanted to do his own thing it's like fuck it it's time to move on and do what i want to do what's it called um never give a fuck
1: i'm just gonna reply to them in case they see us later by Rob Bailey and the hustle standard. Cool. What about you, Brian? You got some time now to think. You can yeah. choose one. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about a favorite, but I guess on the same uh same uh concept of something I've been listening to lately. I've been listening to a lot of um um Frank Sinatra. Ooh. Nice. Like this last the last couple weeks actually. I thought it was ramp. gonna be just a Yeah, so I've been listening to a lot of Frank Sinatra. And a lot of covers, um, hmm. of like acoustic covers, of, of people doing some of his songs. And one of them that really stuck out was uh, Fly Me to the Moon. I've been, I've been actually actively looking up people cover that song. So it's nothing new, nothing special. It's just kind of like the sap in me.
1: And do you know who covered that song, that, that Fly Me to the Moon? There's a lot of people that There's did not I didn't, I didn't you I know. Have didn't okay, nah. okay, cool. I just put "Fly Me to the Moon."
0: Yeah, "Fly Me to the Moon."
1: Covers on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> bunch of <laughs> covers.
0: <laughs> bless you, by the way, Andy. I didn't want to interrupt Brian there. Thank you. No, it's good. Thank you. Now, there there is this one girl
2: who has—I don't know about that one specific song, but she has a lot of really good covers. And I think I just discovered her, but she might already be like uh, like a recording artist out there. Her name is uh, Daniela Andrade. Mm. I d- I. D- I hadn't heard of her until I was looking up these covers. Right. Um, She's really good. Her cover of Thinking About You by Frank Ocean, that's a good one, too. Right on. Right on.
1: The one I've had on repeat the past two weeks, since it seems like it's been a thing right now, we're talking about two weeks. um, and It's it's not even even a new song, but obviously Gary Allen's had a big and a prolific impact on my career choice. Oh, shit. Excuse me my career choice and whatnot so learning how to bend and that's because I, I mean it's and it, like i said i, cause I showed, I, talk, I sent to brian and he's he's, he's heard it before but it's like man like i cannot just the concept you know you know he talks about learning how to pray learning how to basically learning how to adapt to be with a woman a you know his his lover you know still learning how to bend still learning how to still learning how to uh you know maybe maybe also learning how to bend his own rules you know where he maybe has a, a stent of rules so learning how to bend you know learn how to bend himself and not be so straightforward and that that's where i connect because i feel like i for at least for the past two years you know i've i've set a path where it's like you know i've i've tried to set up a discipline for myself to get better at a lot of things but yet you know when it comes to the personal life it's like you know it, it's learning how to bend and that's that's why that one stuck with me the past few weeks. His other one miss, uh, messed me up, which is his latest single is super super good. That one just that's a wreck, you know that's a, that's a boat wreck of a song in a in a good way, but it's a boat wreck. And uh, but learning how to bend has to be the one that has been with me. Is like damn it, <laughs> it's like damn it, and it gets me all fired up. But uh, very cool, yeah. So yeah, live dot me for those of you that listen. If you guys ever want to tune into the broadcast, frankly, I'm doing this because. There's actually feedback and p- people saying questions, even if it's one question, it's pretty cool. But YouTube doesn't let me post the entire podcast, so Live. Me, it is. And in right now, in the past, I think three minutes, we're at thirty-two viewers right now, so it's all good. I'm cool with it. You yeah. know, welcome. But uh, to jump into the wandering, not wandering, uh, and last week, one of the questions was, "What makes us nervous?" So. One thing i've been pondering on a lot is you know fear and failure because it's fe- it seems like it's it takes it's taken a toll on us because of our upbringing you know it, essentially for us is like you know when we were in school it's like oh you have to get a, you have to get 100 if you don't get 100 you're not a smart kid and now you see these 15 year old 18 year old entrepreneurs that are mm. booming on youtube and d- different social media and their influencers on you and Instagram and whatnot, so it's like you know all that stuff's fading out, which is cool. Um, so, and also I got this from Jason Isbell, I guess the concept helped uh, because he talks about on the bridge. but I'll put the link up. Um, on this, it's not. A, it's an interview slash like he plays like five songs, and in between the five songs, he does like an interview with a DJ. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he brings up was like. Being born a white man And that's something That he can't help Like you can't You don't know what You're going to be born You're going to be born Or you're not going to be born Right He talked about Being born a white man And like He can't be He can't help that But he's like Well It's helped him Now want to That and alone Has helped him Want to be a better person If that makes sense So it's like Hmm You know like And he talks about You know because At this point There's actually something Specific that the, the DJ said He's like, because they, they got into, like, what kind of, you know, what what do you call this music? Jason Isbell says this. And the DJ says, you know, when it's hard to describe the music, sometimes you have to describe the listener. And it, to me, it's very parallel. Frank, will we'll get you in. But, like, what we talk about with Seth Godin, mm-hmm. you know, looking for your tribe, you know, searching for those people that fit in. And when the DJ says it, I was like, oh, my God, like, there's, there's something here. And for Jason Isbell, I'm more prone to listen to jason isbell because of his story not because of his music you know like i fit part of that tribe you know right you know had eddie been here we, we could we could go for hours about the music but this particular interview slash song swap type deal or whatever um you know you get to learn about jason isbell the person and that's what got me into it which to me it helps me continue this podcast because like yeah that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for connection i'm looking for what parallels do we have that's why frank's here because it's like dude we haven't talked for one and for two it's like you have points that we can talk about here on the podcast um so that's that was one thing and I, i'm j- i just want to use this as a, as a bridge to get into the questions um you know one thing that jason Isabel talks about this this video was done back in may of this year and uh it took him two weeks to record the his latest record and he says you know at, at some point you lose the spot in 80, of the record when you try to fix and fix and fix and fix mm-hmm. and you never do it and he's, uh, he's like he's, he's not one to filter through like let's say 100 songs to get down to 10 some people do that Case Donahue does that like he'll just write Merle Haggard dude there's there's a, a library of Merle Haggard songs that'll never be released because they were probably never recorded they were just written and uh, so like there's that direction but for Jason it was not that you know and, and he took two weeks where you know some people take you know a year to record a record and some of it sometimes sometimes is because of the money and at the, at the bottom, at the end of this conversation, you know, he, he brings up the money, but still, you lose a spontaneity. So it's like, man, you know, it's, it's losing that fear of like, you know, letting the song breathe. Because if you listen to the record, there's some like super acoustic, like, artsy stuff. And then he has like, super hardcore rock and roll, which is really cool, like, like 50s rock and roll style mm-hmm. stuff. And whatever, whoever else influences him. So my first question, and then what I want us to talk about is, what do we do when we feel the fear when you feel the that just if there's potential failure like at least for me i know there's a there's there's like a kind of like a growing like it's i won't know if it's a growing i don't know if growing pain is the right word but there's definitely like an anxiety of a feel of feeling of anxiety like a physical symptom yeah like there's a physical symptom there's a a chemical imbalance that happens when you fall into a room that you have to make a decision that you know could make you fail and you know how do do you go about that what i want to i guess we can start with brian but uh I'd like to for us to give our takes on fear and failure and then do you have that physical like repercussion of when you get n- when you fall into a uh, a situation where failure could happen?
2: Yeah, definitely. It 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 is it does manifest itself physically for me. Um my my brain just starts like going into like a panic mode and I start like assessing and assessing and, and trying to come up with what th- what how to uh, how to take the situation, so my brain just goes, kind of I guess crazy because it's not organized like it's not like an organized assessment or anything. It's just <laughs> I just my brain I feel like it just kind of scatters or w- something in my brain goes and and scatters the entire scatters around around my brain and searches for like the answer <laughs> or th- or <laughs> the the strategy. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I I definitely panic and I I go very, within my brain and and physically I start feeling kind of kind of sick and and nervous. So I and I can't sit still. Like I if I'm sitting and and like let's say, I feel like failure is about to come on. Like I start getting very antsy. and I I want to get off, get up from my chair and just walk it off or or you know do something physically to to stop feeling, all of this uh, these symptoms. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely, my brain panics and it's not like a complete mess, but it, but it, you know, when, when you asked, I think last week or two weeks ago, I forget about uh do you thrive under pressure? Two weeks ago. That's kind of what it feels like. I don't know if I'm thriving, but <laughs> it definitely, <laughs> it definitely pressures me. It installs me. a pressure
1: yeah. into your, into your process. Yeah. What about you, Frank? How, 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 how has failure played a part? No, not how, that's wrong. That's not right. Start with what's your take on failure, fear failure, like. Uh, given your, cause I want I want to get into experience, but just right now, like what you could think, like do you do you do you feel anything physical, like when you
0: physically? Yes, I feel my brain trigger, um into, I wouldn't. Brian said maybe a panic mode. I would say the same thing. Um, just trying to figure out what's the best route to go, cause like anybody, we all hate failure, but failure helps you grow. But we still hate it. At so some point.
1: Ex- exactly, that that, that that's kind of my point. of talking about this because, like, we know that that people fail all the time, or we know that we're not gonna die because of this failure more th- more times than not. But that's that's what I'm trying to uncover. Because I'm like, man, if if we can uncover this and reveal it, and then try to overcome that, we can just go through a bunch of processes and not worry about the failure. But continue. Sorry, continue.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I d- I'm one that hates failing. I hate failing. Um, with my job, we have to meet certain numbers and. When we don't meet them, I take it personal because I feel like it falls back on me and my team. Um, I get um, a stomach pain, I guess, like a knot, you mm-hmm. could say, in my stomach when I start feeling the fear of failure of what could happen. Yeah. Granted, it's not death, but it's yeah, still and failure.
2: And I don't think that's something that everybody realizes, at least, especially not in the moment. If you, if you, you kind of like scatterbrained or, or you're just kind of more worried about failing you don't really think that it's not the end of the world like in that moment it is the, the end, end of the, of the world.
0: world yeah yeah uh, uh,
1: yeah because like i said the reason why i want to go into this because we're talking about being obsessed and not having not being obsessed over any particular thing and for me i just for at least for the time being i just i just i'm thriving on being able to read and wanting to learn and if I had to scope it down, it's learning to lead. You know, reading books on leading, but I'm still trying to go from theory to context. You know, like I can talk about this all day on 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 whether it's on here on the podcast or on the or even on even on the on the website, which I which is out now. It's live. Moving with um, You can go on there. and I have uh, my second the second blog post that I put up the, that we talked about a while back, and I've said this term several times is distant mentors. You know, and when you, when you have that, it's like, okay, you have some type of a guide. But going back to the root of fear and fate, it's like, man, it, it, it bugs the hell out of me that to try to get over this. You know, Brian, me and you were talking about last week where um, millennials have to go through tragedy beyond, tra- beyond tragedy, beyond, beyond a tragedy that would have been tragic like 15 years ago. It has to be way more intense of a situation for us to, like, make that jump or just leave it alone, you know, completely. And that, that's what I'm – as we continue here, um, it's, like, it starting to bug the hell out of me. And, like, last week I told you, like, you know, sleeping – if sleeping angers you, you should, you know, do something. Or, like, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this actually angers the fuck out of me. Like, fear and failure of itself is, like – and I guess n- maybe – and taking ownership would be me saying, okay, I fail. Okay, I'll get over it. But knowing, like, my upbringing – and this this doesn't go back to family, but the school, the upbringing of school, where we talked about where, um, you know, uh, or again I have mentioned it briefly, but as far as like getting oh you have to get A's, get all A's, if you don't get A's you're not you're not a good student, and if you get C's and D's and F's or whatever, like oh you're you know, you're, you're not to mention like being held back, but the psychological impact, like how did like and like now that I'm interacting with Luis, he's 15, he'll be 16. And seeing some of these kids when I go substitute, whether it's for Frankie's mom or, or both of our aunts or for any, any of their colleagues, like I go substitute and I talk to these kids and for one, they're bored as hell. And I said this before, they're bored as hell. And because they're bored, they don't even care if they fail or not. So that's interesting. That's different. But for us, it's the, the constant of failure that keeps us from essentially quitting our job today and doing what we want tomorrow or now, which is crazy. Anyways, here's, a qu- here's the next question. So could you guys give an example of dealing with rejection as a kid? At any, and this is, like I said, any, between, you know, ages of 5 and 18. And the, the kid is very open for this question. But, you know, was there any type of rejection that you guys can think of that you, had, that you dealt with? I have one specific that I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Um, that maybe caused you to move a certain way even then.
2: I don't know if I. I can't think of a specific time when I was. I know I, I know that like at least like in high school I was afraid of being rejected by like girls, the gr- a girl that I liked. Yeah. But other than that, I I don't think I was ever rejected or afraid of being rejected in other aspects of my life. I think when you're when you're a kid when you're growing up, you don't really care about a lot of things. At least I didn't care about anything that wasn't like. You know, hanging out with my friends or or doing the things that I like to do, playing video games, riding my bike, you know, yeah. things like that. Uh, I heard something today that uh, that really stuck with me. When you're a kid, the universe revolves around you. You mm. don't, you don't really care about much else other than your immediate atmosphere, right. if you will. So for me, my fear of rejection was only with girls that I liked like in <laughs> high school. That okay,
1: you're a little more conscious of like yeah. the situation. Yeah.
2: When I was like, dang, it, like I, I kind of really like this girl. Um, how do I, how do, how do we get closer? And, fuck, I'm afraid that you know, if if I take the step, if I take the leap, and it's a no, and I'm rejected, then I've lost all contact. <laughs> you know. <I'm> yeah. <laughs> <I> right. <laughs> double or nothing. Yeah. Type of yeah. Day.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
2: But yeah, that's that's that was my fear of rejection during those
1: times that interesting Frank
0: for me as a kid everybody doesn't like rejection you know whether you're the last one to be picked on the team or the last one to Mm. get home from a race whatever have you I think I avoided rejection because my dad wasn't around a lot so I didn't want to be with a group of friends or a group of kids and then start bringing up stories of their dad and me not have a story to tell Mm-hmm. and stay quiet and be the oddball out so i avoided a lot of hanging out with kids from school and just hung out with my cousin and my grandma. Was in
1: right right yeah yeah. It, it, we were very much well well even then i that was probably one of the cool things for our family or at least for us as cousins is that we we would hung, hang out in the summers and that's kind of what we did you know i it wasn't until middle school that i for sure remember like us going to south and you know hanging out open gym and stuff and like that that little thing and even then it, it was short-lived but at the end of the day, we always retracted back to our TS house and, you know, other, other places, you know, that,
0: that Always out. kept us together, basically.
1: That's, it's, that's interesting because I, I didn't even think about that till now that we're, that we're talking out loud. It's like, that, that makes – I mean, it's interesting because I feel like you either had siblings and you were kind of like knit like that or, like, you had friends. It, it was either, like, a bunch of family or a bunch of friends, I think. Because I know for sure my friends – my friends, quote unquote, like didn't start developing until like high school, you know, with, with Brian and then all the, Oh, being banned that, that, that tribe alone, that, that's a, that's yeah. a tribe. Definitely. You know, our group of friends, it was me, Brian, Eric, Kyle, Joe, like us that we did hang out for at least, at least for freshman year and like sophomore year and then, you know, whatever, like for those first years of high school, like that was like an, uh, important, like, uh, it may be an important time, but I'm trying to think of like. It was an interesting transition going from like family to friends and getting, and then you hear about I, at least I hear at least I hear about it. Like where, you know, when you turn when you're going through your adolescence, you want you start turning away from your family, you start turning to peer reviews, you know, and and when you go through that, it's like man, like we went I, at least I went through that. Given mine and Frankie's, and even Gavin, I mentioned him before. Um, my other cousin who's living in Alaska. One day we'll get him on here. That'd be cool. Well, moving on. What were we saying, Frankie? right now about, <laughs> <laughs> about <laughs> the first time we we realized we, met, we both knew Brian?
0: It was funny because I went to, I want to say it was either first grade or kinder with Brian. Fast forward several years. Andy and Brian end up knowing each other. I come over to Andy's house, and I walk into the room, and Brian's here chilling. And we look at each other, and we're like, hey, I know <laughs> you. <laughs> what are you doing here? It was <laughs> crazy because
2: it had been so long because I think it was like it had to have been like first or second grade. And then I never saw you again, but then when I saw you here, I was like, "You look familiar. <laughs> like
1: I know you." <laughs> and that was like, I don't know when was it like eighth grade or, dude, th- I want to or maybe or I want to say sophomore year because I remember one time, so it was sophomore year when I celebrated my birthday here at home. Mm-hmm. So I had people here because even Eric, like Eric came over. I'm gonna say his last mm-hmm. name, but Eric came over, and then uh, Carlos. Carlos also came over. Carlos. No, but I think it was, no, it was before was that. What? Yeah, right? it was
0: middle school because it was just us three yeah.
2: here in the room. It was just, I think me and you were eating pizza and like watching a movie or something. And, and Frank
0: came over. Because it was before I was driving in sophomore well, year. Well, yeah, no, I yeah. Was, I was driving. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, that, it was like eighth grade or when something, When do you
1: record bro. just just uh, feels like a Saturday? That was, that was like freshman year. Going no, into that was sophomore year, bro. Yeah, that was already later. Yeah, that was already later. That
2: was way later. Yeah. This was... This was early. It was, on. Early? It was you came, early. You
1: came. You started. Okay, I don't even remember you coming over that early in my in school. At
0: some point, I I, I did. I think. I, d- I, t- I think yeah. it was in the summer. It was after one of y'all's band practices, and it maybe it was freshman got, it year. It might have been
2: at least going into
1: freshman or going year. into freshman. Yeah. That mean. I mean, that makes sense. I, I just don't remember. I mean, actually speaking of not remembering, me and Frankie were like, like, cause he's been at where you've been at Red Center for how long?
0: Going on four years.
1: And you've been at the second store for two years. Correct. And I was like, I was like, no. I was like, there's no way. I'm like, dude, like. And he's like, well, 2016 was, the I'm like, you're right, 2016 just fucking, like, I know what happened, I know exactly what happened, mm-hmm. but from when I graduated, when I walked in, when I walked from undergrad, August 2015, to today, you know, uh, two exactly two years later, I was like, man, I didn't realize, and then for him, like, I didn't realize, you know, as much as we do communicate, you know, even on a weekly basis, like, I didn't realize, like, you were the second store for two years, like, it's already been two years for that, which yeah. is crazy. So here's another example of me. Like I don't, I don't remember. That's just one of those foggy. Not even it's not even a foggy moment. It doesn't exist in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, But continuing on, let's get back to this. Uh, as far as dealing with rejection, uh, I'll give my example. I was in sixth grade. Oh, okay. It was going to sixth grade. And Brian, I don't know if you, if I don't know if you did these trials. Maybe not, because you didn't go into band until seventh grade.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because you guys had trials for for drumline or for percussion in general. Yeah. No, not me.
1: Okay, so so going into sixth grade, I remember walking to South, and of course there's a line of kids, and I told them pick me up first because I want to be like, and I was in the top, I was in the first five students. Mind you, by the time I walked out, there's probably over a hundred waiting, like to try out for percussion. They only took like, I think of, I mean let's say let's say even ten mm-hmm. for the all three cl- for the class for the beginner classes whatever. So five and five, um, but. Going through, and I still remember walking in, and I was one of the first. It was me, and a couple kids from like other schools. I didn't, I didn't know them, and we were there for tryouts. So then I'm one of the first five, and I go through the tryouts, and basically, you did your tryout, which is kind of crap. Like, it it, the system makes no sense, and I don't don't know how they do it now, Mm -hmm. but you go into the to the into the room, practice. It's a practice room, and you have to mimic some things, and you have to like show your rhythm skills or whatever. And by this time it was interesting because I've I had already been playing drum set. So I felt like I mean I knew nothing about technique, but like I had some type of rhythm. Mm-hmm. But then piano, I've been playing piano since I was three. By this time I was already, what, eleven? So it's been eight years or so of playing piano. So I had some theoretical background. So we go through the we go through these like mimickings of this piano teacher i still i still remember his fucking last name i still remember who he is. like he ended up going like to psj like after or whatever he he wasn't he wasn't even our drum like instructor like our sixth grade year mm-hmm. um so anyways so i go through there and he's like okay you made it you made it and you three didn't make it and like i was and the way my mom says i was devastated and like well i do remember crying like leaving and i didn't want to talk to anybody like i just stormed out my mom just followed me she i didn't wait for it wait for anybody i just wanted to leave and so that was like May of whatever that year was, and that was my first or one of my first dealings with rejection. Cause through through elementary, yeah, there were some like at whatever. And actually, I still remember another one I had to do with a girl, and it's funny because I still like it, I I still remember <laughs> that one too. But the one that stuck with me because because it, it led me to like there's a, there's a better story behind like the percussion this percussion story. Um, so I stormed out and I didn't care and is whatever. So then my mom calls my music teacher at the elementary school and says, like, I don't think that the instructor should have said it like this, you know, and it's interesting because we talk about language a lot. We like to talk about communication and like all that stuff. So my mom talked to the music instructor. The music instructor called the band director at the middle school and we had a, a retry, like a tryout again, like a retryout, however that works. So after that, the, the instructor asked the drum instructor, is he capable And he's like, yes. And they said, you know what? We'll make an alternate spot. So if something happens, I would be the first one to jump in. (laughs) Well, funny story, something happened. And I don't know if you remember this story, Brian, but this kid started a fire in the restroom. He wore glasses. He was a lanky kid. I I don't remember his last name. I remember his name. Oh, I think I remember his name, but I don't remember his name. I don't remember his last name. Either way... And this kid, he was so quiet, and I don't know how his grades were. I didn't know him that well, but you at least thought very well of him. Maybe not highly, but very well. He was quiet. He was to himself, secluded in a very like eh way. But okay, well this eh way was like he started a fire in the restroom. <laughs> he, and I don't know how. And lo and behold, he got sent to AEP, and who jumps into the percussion spot is me. Yeah. So through that like. Rejection at the beginning, like the timing was perfect, where I then became a percussionist. And,
2: and that's I crazy, cause <laughs> to me, like our high school drumline was one of the best in the valley. You know, that we were up, we were up there. Yeah, we right. like as a band, and we so capable. our drumline was. So to think that you almost didn't make
1: it to that drumline, you were almost not a percussionist. My first instrument was tuba. Yeah, and I literally took tuba because I was banking on someone fucking up, yeah, so I can be that percussionist. Dang. And three months later, like this kid got suspended. Like, or they didn't tell me the story, but I fu- of course found out later. Like, er- yeah. everybody found. Oh, at least for the most part, everybody found out. Like, yeah. he started a fire in the restroom and whatever, and and I then jumped in. And the thing is, like, once I got in, it was like game on because, like I said, I had some rhythm like theory. Like I had like just giving piano. Like, I knew how to read quarter notes. I knew how to read 16th I could read notes, too. Like, the thing is, percussionists, I think there's a... Now it's different because everybody, like, has to be well-rounded in theory. But even then, like, a a drummer was just a drummer. That's the difference between a percussionist and a drummer is Mm -hmm. percussionists have a well-rounded thing, which is that's what they want to build, where a drummer usually is just rhythms. Rhythm, 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 and being dynamic with a rhythm.
2: There was a joke I heard (laughs) somewhere where uh, we were, like, in a full band setting and the director i don't remember if it was our high school director there it was i was in a group a group of directors and and a director we were in a full band setting we were rehearsing something and the director goes all right uh percussion you play this part and then he goes all right now they're real musicians you play this <laughs> <laughs>
1: right <laughs> and it, and if it was high school i was i i was confused because i'm like well i know piano, i know i know notes yeah. like you know and even it's my favorite tail end was like. So starting from sixth grade with this rejection and then to uh, senior year of high school where I made that transcription of Canon and D for the mm-hmm. band and like Mr. Rogers liked it and Dr. Butts was like, he was cool with it. And, and, uh, and, uh, it's like that progression where like, had I not, you know, I was going to quit, I was going to be an art or something. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I would have been had, had this not happened and had the, the have gone drama. <laughs> 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 it's so could have okay. been on Broadway right I now, bro. right right <laughs> and who knows okay, who knows what could happen like who knows what could have happened? I'm stepping way far from the mic right now because it's like those possibilities are very real because now we're older and we're just more you know we just count you know we count our, our variables easier and better you know more sufficiently. That's like, yeah, who knows I could have been in New York right now, you know whatever like it, I don't we, I don't know because I'm here now. And you know, <laughs> and speaking of New York, like Brian, you have friends in New York now. So yeah. like, it's that's like its own thing on its own. <laughs> I could be New York. <laughs> you could be in New York right <laughs> now. That's a story for another day.
2: <laughs> yeah, this this weekend last year I was in New York. Well, this weekend yeah, Labor yeah. Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. weekend. I yeah, Labor what Day, day it fell right, on.
1: Right, right. Oh man, well, we're hitting forty-seven minutes. So I wanted to tie in the dip, but I'm re really, I'm trying really hard to put some. Uh, some restrictions, so we can stay on the path and keep keeping these episodes of keeping them of, of value. I guess we can go into this one. Cause I, it's not rhetorical, but I wonder, when did you start noticing you're risk adverse? And the reason why I bring up risk adverse because last week Brian brought that up. So like, well, this is a question I think we can ponder on today. And me and Frank were talking about it earlier. I'm like, okay, we can yeah, we can definitely dive into this now. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I I can't really, like, pinpoint exactly when that happened for me, but, uh, and this kind of ties into the, the, I guess, uh, fear of rejection and, and fear of failure and all that, but I started, a lot of my other, like, classmates that were in band started in sixth grade. Well, I took art in sixth grade, and I started band in seventh grade, so then... I don't remember if it was 7th or 8th grade where um my p- one of the one of the our, our music teachers wanted me to try out for all region and and I was there and I was practicing and I think it was like my my first year on an instrument or something and I asked her I was like uh do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> Cuz the music was looking kind of hard. It was, you know, it, it was a little more 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 complex and I had never practiced so much on my instrument before like the music we played I thought was was easy so I got through it I didn't have to put in extra work so I never I wasn't used to putting extra work on my instrument to 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 successfully play through a piece right so this piece was it was a little harder and I was having to stay after after school like you know 30 45 minutes or something like that and I I asked her I was like hey do I have to do this like <laughs> and and that was like that was the, the only other time that I can remember that I was kind of like th- that fear of failure and rejection because it was it was it looked like I, c- I couldn't do it. In my mind, at yeah. that point, at like 13, 14 years yeah. old, like, I I can't do this and I'm not going to I'm not going to fail. So I'm not even going to attempt that <laughs> type of deal. So right? you
1: say, so yeah, you, you, you would have rather gone to that.
2: Yeah. So so there was that. And. And I think, in a sense, that's maybe one one initial instance of risk aversity. Like I don't want to risk failing, so I'm not gonna. You don't even. I'm yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Um, so there was that, and then when it really kind of conceptualized in my mind, when when I started thinking about it, was in in college because in my finance classes and business classes we talked about risk aversity and and. um. What type of profile you fit when you invest? Like, that you should take one more risk when you're young because you've got a lot more time to recover. Right. Um, so that's when I realized I, I was like, you know what? There's other aspects in my life where I'm I'm very risk averse. I don't want to fail, so I don't want to take the risk. Um, but the first instance was that 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 time in like seventh eighth grade yeah. where I didn't want to fail. And
1: Wh- where do you, oh man? Because even that's interesting. Like I wonder, like was was there an experience that you had that that even led you to even that decision where you decided at that age 13 years let's say 13 years old 12 13 years old where you're like you know what I'm not even going to chance it no zero chance you're not you're not even giving yourself a 50% chance mm-hmm. you know could you give an instance like what what cuz to me it, we talk a lot about parenting and like mm-hmm. just development so it's like I'm curious and maybe it's something we can ponder on for next time but but I'm just curious like you know even then, I guess it, we're so young then like and the only reason why I say that's because looking at Luis grow up, and it's like, man, we're like even now he's gonna be sixteen. I'm like, fuck, he wants to start driving and stuff. And then we're talking about cars. It's like, okay, okay, I am always slow down, buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But like, but st- you know, that's my point is that being so young and having that, making that decision then, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you can maybe, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, I yeah. was, I mean, it's interesting that you have that instinct. Yeah, to, I mean, I'm, reverse, you know, I'm sure, reverse. I'm
2: sure there was something. Maybe not in a specific event, but I'm sure there's a something. But it, something. it to me, it was just always kind of being in you know such an introvert and so shy at the time that i didn't want to fail and and be put on the spot failing right you know, i don't want to be on the spot and said hey like you know i don't want to be in the spot in general and then much less be on the spot as a failure yeah. so for me it was just like uh I, i'm not comfortable yeah so
1: that's super interesting that's super because you know i talk about like intuition and like this seems like it's p- it was part of yours like mm-hmm. just to just to kind of yeah. maneuver through your you know your your direction. You know, and not not really go any, not linger along the lines at a, at any point. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That could be an uncovering itself, like that being part of your intuition, where you just yeah. kind of stay your path and kind of keep going. Because I've always called you the lucky one. <laughs> I've always said that since like we're in high school, since we wrote that that song. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe we can like make a re- a new demo someday. <laughs> like remix. <laughs> <laughs> Boats and hoes. Uh. <laughs> 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 But okay, we can keep. Ah, man, that's, that's something to ponder on. Cause that that's stuff that makes me very curious. That's stuff that you know I, I'm gonna ponder on. Anyways, so Frank, uh, are you are you risk adverse, like, or 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 do you feel like you feel comfortable taking chances?
0: Honestly, as a kid, I love taking chances. It didn't matter what it was. i fuck it. Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's just do it. Um, one uh, an example that I can remember perfectly was at a UIL meet in middle school, uh, sixth seventh grade a uh, kid got sick and couldn't show up for one of the events so they asked me to fill in hadn't studied hadn't worked with the group nothing it was a um, a history event and I was like mm, fuck it you know what, <laughs> what could happen <laughs> what could happen right you know so I ended up do you remember what grade this was more or less I want to say 6th or 7th grade ok so middle school also middle school ok Um, and it was funny because one of my aunts was the coaches <laughs> one of the coaches so she's like just do it just do it she's just like She was always the encourager. She always pushed us to do stuff that we're not used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll do it. I went, took the test. It was maybe like a 30, 40-question test, whatever it was. Walk out, head held held high, you know. Hour later, scores come back. I ended up fucking placing first. (laughs) no, No studying or anything. I was just like, okay, so let's on to the next. Let's go. So I just continued with the event. They replaced me for somebody else, and I just continued with the event. And event I ended up getting first, like for three or four meets, I think. Damn. So
1: that's uh, that's such a great dichotomy between Brian and Frank yeah. that we can uncover today. That like this is the stuff that I yearn for as a as a listener and trying to learn about. Re- ultimately, like, and this I get, I feel like I get this from Jocko now is like learning about the human condition, and the most extreme example is war. The simplest example is middle school. It seems, you know, like we have two, Mm -hmm. it happened to be two middle school events, you know, situations where it's like, no. And then I was like, eh, fuck it. Let's do it. But Frank, you
2: said you were more outgoing when you were younger. So what about now?
0: Now I am afraid. I am afraid. Mm. And more so, I guess you could say financially. Because the reason, the whole reason that I'm here is to better myself financially with a new job. But I'm afraid to take risks. I'm afraid to just say, I quit. That
1: okay. That that good question, Brian. Keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going.
0: I'm afraid to say I quit. Go on to something else, and not let not let's not let's not say I'm not gonna like it. But there's a chance that I don't succeed in that. And then how am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna afford? I wouldn't say the luxuries because I I don't have very many luxuries how am I gonna afford just your lifestyle? My lifestyle, yeah.
2: And it's interesting because I think that now because the stakes are higher, you're more risk averse, and me, I've been trying to come out of my shell more because the stakes are higher. <laughs> 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 like that I've been, I've itself. been, I've been sort of trying to venture into like, you know, we've talked about business ideas yeah and this dude. and that, and I'm, I'm taking baby steps to, to to kind of branch out into some of those ideas right um but it's it's for that reason because the stakes are higher high risk high high rewards so because i know the potential rewards i want to be more outgoing Mm -hmm. and less risk averse to 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 get those those high prizes and and for frank it's like the the stakes are higher so he doesn't want to he doesn't want to go below where he's at now you know potentially yeah so so you you are a little more afraid of taking those chances
0: i I guess you could say it's a comfortable zone
1: yeah yeah, yeah very much uh that, that's that was gonna be w- thanks that that brought me back to my question my question was like well i guess this this the answer is no, but you know, are you scared to learn something new, or is it strictly financially that you're like, oh
0: man I think, it it's tr- you I think it's strictly financially yeah uh because I know there's a lot that I want to do, but it's just getting to do it. And is it going to be rewarding? Mm -hmm. That's,
1: uh, well, like I told you, Frank, and I, I, I'm I'm glad I get to say this on the air. Is like, you know, I've always said, look to Brian, call Brian, text Brian, meet with Brian, get together with him because I trust him. He's the lucky one. He's the chosen (laughs) one in my eyes. I'm just a part of getting through the human experience to find how to get things done. Uh, and I, and for people listening, this, this, these are good examples right right now of the stuff that I'm talking about, that I'm looking for, that, you know, things can, you can make things happen. And uh, I'm not going to get into it, probably not till I mean, I, it won't even be next week, because next week will be probably not totally different topics, but it'll be using different material. Uh, the book, The Dip, which is a little book that teaches you when to quit and when to stick by Seth Godin, was, was going to be... I mean, I I derive some of these questions from this book, but, and for sure the thought process, because you know Frank, perfect is like he's scared to quit, for for failure, and this book gives you at least a good guide, of, okay, you know I can quit and you know enough's it, enough. It, it'd be it'd be and you'll be better off. Uh, one thing that I, uh, me and Gonz were talking about that a few weeks ago, which I think I brought this up, but the short of it was like okay, he's not making decisions because he's scared of what if, and my Second my follow up question was like, Well, what if you don't make that decision? How bad are you gonna feel? How like, you know, how 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 miserable are you gonna be if you don't make the decision that, you know, what if you do what if you don't, how miserable are you gonna be versus oh what if I miss this chance? No, dude, the chance is like okay, there's it's different, you know? And and I actually this book, The Dip, on the in the back there's a little like uh journaling thing that you can uh it says Pass this book along and, you know, and let it circle back to you, circulate back to you. So I read it immediately and then I lent to my friend and then she read it immediately and she gave it back to me. And so I, ha- so I have her name and I, I want to give Frank this book. Uh, but m- the main point I want to mention about this book was uh, when my friend said, because by this time she already quit her job to start looking for another job. Right. And she said when she read this book, it only gave her better feeling and it made her it made her sound in her own mind that you know what she made the right decision to quit her current job to look for a better job at, and for me, it goes you have to find a job that you're going to like. And, and for something, someone for me, at least in my, so, someone like Frank that likes to use his hands likes to uh, make things. you know it's very feasible to create some type of job now, uh, self you know self-fulfilling job that you can be your own boss and make it work. Um, super interesting damn well we're at the hour now so i'm gonna i'm gonna call it there it was cool still having this conversation um honestly i had way more material but again trying to restrict ourselves to keep the value going frank thanks for being on uh i hope you got something out of just talking i mean you got the cool thing is me you got to talk about 30 minutes before we started recording so hopefully you got something out of that and uh for you and for everybody listening get with brian Damn it! I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to unveil the gold. That's all I'm trying to do.
0: We won't give you his number, but we'll give you email. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you can always, commu- I mean, that's that's a cool, that's nothing but like technology. You can, you can hang out, you can uh, hang out, you can uh, communicate with us 24/7. And right now, honestly, like I'm already kind of like closing my door little by little, cause like I can't I can't afford to have a 24/7 dollar open door policy anymore. Even now, and, th- and I said this since the beginning, and I said this throughout, where like the doors gonna be closing little by little. And it's slowly happening, very slowly, very minimally. And it's not every day, but there's some days where it's like, okay, there's stuff that either needs to get done or like, okay, you know, I I need to get, you know, I need to keep my priorities in check. But um, we'll close it there. The rhetorical question I want to leave before we give our social media and my final quote of the day um, is that, and I I got this from Seth Godin from the book The Dip. He asks – is that the best you can do? And I think that's a good question that you can ponder on because my answer is no. And, you know, we can move forward with that question. You know, is that is that really the best you can do? And I'm telling everybody here in the room and everybody listening, like, no, that's not the best you can do, especially if you're unhappy. There's a difference. If you're happy, let's go back to, like, the Gary V thing and, er- and others – if you're happy and you're content, cool. You want to work at McDonald's full time, badass. Go make some. Go make me my burger, cause I'm. I like. I like McDonald's burgers, right? But you know, if you're unhappy, you know th- this. I'm calling for change for the movement. I'm calling for change. Um, Brian's here. I'm d- continuing to dive into like the whole leadership thing and uh, further be able to communicate. You know, so if you're if you're feeling like you don't know how to communicate well, you can talk to me and we can, we can deal with that. Cause it's very communication is a skill that I'm learning. You can, you can get better at, you know, it's not you, th- now you can be born with it, but you can also build on it. You improve. can also improve on it. Like one of my favorite things about Frankie, we we're doing, we we're finishing, up, finishing up his resume is like, he's very comfortable talking on the phone. And I'm just like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> I just rather not. Yeah. And like for a simple scenario it's like, Frank, someone I'd hire for the fact that he can talk on the phone. You know, for me, it's email, text, or in person. Because even when I'm calling, like, hey, what are your hours for today? Or, hey, what are your specials? I'd rather just go in person because my thing is I hate missing something. I feel like I, I don't hear or I'll miss something. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. whatever. And then I get there and I'm surprised by something that I didn't hear or it was unclear to me. Um, but anyways, uh, we can close it out there. Frank, I don't know if you want to leave your social media. I mean, if you want, you don't have
0: to. Maybe on another okay. episode. That's all good. Because I feel like That's I will good. be back.
1: Cool. Um, I'm happy to hear that. We'll, we'll continue to follow up uh, with that. Brian, if you want to give your social.
2: Yeah, you can go ahead and uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Alejandro underscore. Hire me on Fiverr if you want. Uh, search for Brian Alejandro, no underscore, for all of your Excel needs.
1: Right on. And for moving with life, now I'm not gonna say I don't. Now I don't have to say the whole thing. Just go to movingwithlife.co. Everything's there. It's built for interaction. That's my goal. That's my end goal. Uh, at least one of my end goals for for the website is go to that website. Uh, you Eric, social media is gonna be on there too. All the links and stuff will be on the side sidebar. <clears throat> but movingwithlife.co has everything that you can c- communicate with us and uh, see what we're up to as far as moving with life going through these questions, trying to figure out where we fit, where we, you know, where where we're going. Uh, so here's one. And I think I think we can, I think this will be tied in well with uh, risk adversity and trying to face the fear and trying to face the failure that could be. And we, half the time, I at least for me, it's true for me very much that, you know, half the stuff I think about, I'll never fail or succeed because I, have, I won't have tried it. And all the stuff that has already passed that I haven't tried or, you know, even tried it and failed or succeeded. Mm-hmm. But this is from Seth Godin. This is on page 36. And it's, just, it's a little section. It's a whole, it's like two paragraphs. Whatever you do for a living or for fun, it's probably somehow based on a system that's based on quitting. Quitting creates scarcity. Scarcity creates value. In The Wizard of Oz, there's an, inc- in, there's an indelible image of the man behind the curtain laughing at Dorothy and her friends as he gives them incredibly difficult, almost impossible tasks to accomplish. While he lives the easy life of uh, in Oz, he supports himself by sending his acolytes off on impossible missions. It's no wonder we quit. The system wants us to.